Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. Joining me to talk about our upcoming game against the Houston Dynamo is Nathan Halley. Strust with you, comrade. Patrick Stark. I don't even know what that was. And our man from Hanoi, Chris Hoff. But I think maybe some of our Vietnamese listeners might have heard that once or twice. <laughs> um, not joining us this week is our man from Edinburgh, Drew Wolfson. A little bit more of an international taste this week. He did send in some thoughts for us from Europe. Isn't he in Madrid now? Who knows? It's hard to keep track of him. He just hops all over the place. Some would call him an international friendly. Absolutely. So I don't want to get too hung up on the name, but I I really dislike the name Houston Dynamo. You're usually pro-American style team name. This is not an American style team name. This is why I I said hello, friend, in Russian. It's like Dynamo Moscow or Dynamo Moscow or Dynamo Kiev. It's stolen from the Soviet bloc. Is that accurate, do you think? I can't think that that's accurate. <laughs> it could just be an American style name. It's just uh, that's just a fluke. It's not. I mean, it's like Dynamo Kiev is spelled the exact same way. Like Dynamo. Yeah, but Dynamo is a word. No, it's not. Yes, it is. He's a real Dynamo. High energy, high octane, something vaguely atomic. An electric generator that creates direct current using a com- commutator. <laughs> Plenty of options here. I'm sticking with what I said. Okay. Yeah, no, otherwise the intro is not going to make any sense. So I guess we'll have to stick with that. It's locked in now. I think it has to do with Houston's involvement in space travel. No. But isn't that where the mission control is, not where the rockets are? I mean, yes. All right. So it's all right. So I've looked it up. It's complicated, but I'm not wrong. Okay. I'm also potentially not right. Well, it says Houston has the name Dynamo, blah, 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 which refers to Houston's energy based industrial economy, as well as a previous Houston soccer team, the Houston Dynamos. The official reason for the name is that Dynamo is a word to describe someone who never fatigues, never gives up. The name Dynamo is also an homage to teams based out in the former Soviet Union republics and satellite states, such as Dynamo Moscow, Berliner FC Dynamo, Dynamo Dresden, FK Dynamo Tirana, Dynamo Kiev, Dynamo Tbilisi. It goes on and on. All right. So fair to say they were trying to have the best of both worlds. You know, they get an American style name and they rip off an international name. They get it all. Which I am on the record as being my least favorite combination. Uh, St. Louis City. Clean, elegant. I think I'm on the record as saying it's an entirely European name. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, no. about last week's game? <laughs> Any additional thoughts about the Vancouver game? Now that we've had some time to reflect on it. I did something that I never do. I watched the, well, I watched half the replay. I meant to watch the other half. I was like, oh, I'll save this to watch on the treadmill. And didn't couple of thoughts. One, uh, I talked to my dad, friend of the pod, dad, and he had said that he watched the replay and thought that it was better than it's like we played better than it seemed like we did in person. I agree with that statement. It felt like a more cohesive with it team. I also think Tim Parker's first yellow was incredibly weak. I agree. That's true. I agreed in person. Barely touched the guy. Yeah. 
I was expecting a uh, a fine afterwards and maybe even a recension, but I have not seen anything. Ooh, Vancouver did get fined for later in the match when they crowded the ref. MLS loves to give a fine for that. And they should. Their coach also got fined for the comments he made about the refs being terrible. Did the Kansas City coach get fined the week before? Because he also made some inflammatory comments about the refereeing. I think he was slightly more subtle about it. Slightly. I mean, but that's like saying, you know, your ball peen hammer versus a five pound sledge. <laughs> Relatively subtle. The Vancouver Coover coach, not Van Vancouver, Vancouver coach seems like a <laughs> bit of a character. Uh, he had like a shirt on that said something like we need more geeks or something. What did his shirt say? The world needs more nerds, I believe. That's it. Yeah. I mean, odd choice to be wearing a T-shirt to begin with and one with a slogan. So. Yeah, maybe I'll get around to watching the second half of the game, see how I like it. There is no excuse for that own goal. I think I originally was saying, oh, well, you know, it was such a nice pass by Leuven that it it threw him off. But Stroud had like pulled up well before. And there's I mean, that was it was just terrible. There's a rumor making the rounds that the defender could not hear the goalie call him off because the crowd was so loud. But I'm pretty sure that is just an urban legend. That's the kind of rumor St. Louis fans would like to tell about themselves. Exactly. That's why I threw it in there. I mean, you might say that a city rumor is the same thing as an urban legend. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, let's let's give Patrick a, a second to <laughs> contain himself. Thank goodness I was mute. I muted myself for that. That was an ugly laugh. Are we talking about games from last weekend? Other games? Non-Vancouver, yeah. St. Louis? Yeah, exactly in a minute well i just think it's that i have got a good segue okay hit us with it all right patrick give me two minutes on the clock i didn't see this coming i didn't either but then i realized there's a segue because we were talking about bad refereeing we're about to have 90 seconds of non-segue to get to the segue it's okay it'll still work all right patrick get the numbers on the clock we're going with a two minute wednesday minute a two minutes Go. All right. So, yeah. So Monday morning, woke up, went Sheffield Wednesday in the League One final. So the the winner gets promoted to uh, the championship. And I was on record on this pod saying they would win 4 nothing. And then they came out and just played terribly. Bill was there for the second half. Dad was there for the whole thing. Just like a lack of energy. Um, Really, really like not playing the way that I've seen them play all season. But here's the segue. So this is now the third game in a row for one of my teams where uh, the other fans basically are saying that uh, the refs cost them the game. So there was a potential foul in the box against Wednesday. One of their defenders, actually, I think it was a forward uh, high kick kind of missed the ball kicked the other player in the shin. He went down, went to VAR, uh, was was not awarded. And then about five minutes later, uh, a tackle against a Sheffield Wednesday player from behind uh, ended up with a straight red card for one of um, one of the other team's players. And there was so much controversy that also went to VAR and was upheld. But I think I think both were like 50 50 plays anyway. So they had uh, 40 minutes of playing with a man up and didn't score. Went into 
extra time, so 30 more minutes with uh, mana. They scored with two seconds left. Literally two seconds left. Before Win going to penalty kicks. Everyone was ready for penalties. Yeah, ready for penalty kicks. Two seconds left. I mean, there is no more heartbreaking way to lose a, lose a football match. It was great. I've been on cloud nine ever since it happened. So championship next and year. I'm going to stop you there because you have two seconds left. <laughs> um, I have a question. I think I can speak outside of the minute. Are you ready for Sheffield Wednesday in the championship? I'm nervous. They have like only six players signed for next year. So they have a lot of squad building to do over the summer. Congratulations to Sheffield Wednesday. Congratulations, Sheffield Wednesday fans. Thank you. Yeah. But real good. Been 23 years of mostly sadness and a little bit of happiness. And Luton Town. Well, it was an exciting week of football, other European championships, other MLS games. So Houston, let's talk about this. Our upcoming game is against Houston. They played Wednesday. Not Sheffield Wednesday. This past week against Vancouver. Lost 6-2 to Vancouver. They play us on Saturday. They also have to play again on Tuesday against the Fire in the Open Cup. I like this when the other teams are exhausted and worn out before they play us. This seems to be working well. We got real lucky. Um, we should have been playing on Wednesday, but LAFC was in the CONCACAF Champions League final. So that's three weeks in a row now that we're going to be playing teams that had to play midweek. Which, yes, very good for us. And we're playing at home. Also good for us. Houston, not great on the road. They've not had a great season altogether. Oh, I didn't look up their standings. I have some other Houston facts, but not their standing. Did anyone watch the Houston-Vancouver game? I meant to and then saw what time it was on. I watched some of it. Um, their defense looked pretty weak in that game, though looking at the statistics, it's not clear that their defense is always terrible, but they were in that game. They, Two of those goals were conceded after a red card. They were already up 4-2 at that point, so... Correct. But unlike Sheffield Wednesday opponent Barnsley, they did play worse a man down. Ninth. Fourth largest city in the United States. I didn't know that. It's catching up on Chicago. It's a majority minority city also. It averages above 90 degrees for the high for like six months out of the year. So it sounds just like a miserable cesspool based on that. Not the majority minority thing. That that sounds lovely, but the, the weather would destroy me. I do wonder if the players will be used to that because I think it's going to be pretty pretty nasty here on Friday, Saturday. And the, humidity, the humidity would be the main difference, yeah. Weather's been terrible here. It's like 95 driving home. That sounds delightful to me right now, but my own problems. Uh, before we talk too much about Houston, maybe we should let Drew say his piece about Vancouver. All right, let's get some additional thoughts from the past week. We'll throw it to our man from Edinburgh, Drew Wolfson. Hello, everyone. This is Humble Podcast correspondent Drew with the missive here. I am in Edinburgh. I've been on the road. I watched some of the Vancouver game the other night because of alarm clock difficulties and sl uh, slow Wi-Fi. I really only saw the game from the 70th minute onward. But let's face it, I wasn't really going to talk too much about tactics anyway. This is strictly a vibes call. Um, what about Eddie Lyons in the top right postage stamp corner? 
goalie wasn't getting near that uh, with that swerve. Um, yeah, unsavable. That was a joy, and um, we we love Ostruck's energy off the bench. Uh, we're talking about oh how we love how he. Well, I, maybe I'm just speaking personally. Why am I using the plural? Uh, I love him getting into the box first to the rebound again off of a dangerous uh, live and free kick and cutting it back uh, for Miguel Perez triumphantly to finish the, the final goal and put Vancouver to bed. Uh, he, you know, he has reached the age of maturity. He is 18. but uh, So he, he is a man, but I would like to... Uh, I'd like to refer everyone to his boyish grin upon scoring. That, um, you know, there have been so many great moments this season, and I want to think about that. Uh, You know, it's been hard to keep emotionally balanced given our first five wins in a row. Um, The Cincinnati 5-1, the the Rail Salt Lake on the road 4-0. And then we had a period of, you know, pretty limp defeats that weren't, weren't a great watch um and now we've had these two incredible games in a row (laughs) with you know our goal difference over the season is crazy uh these last two games have been it's a (laughs) 7-1 total um you know i was kind of going to give this team a a pass on 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 performance anyway but for the first season for brand new team brand new stadium uh you know we weren't expecting to do very well and uh I, I just hope people can keep in mind some of the you know some of this when we get to the inevitable next uh fallow period to come you know i'm mostly in the nickname business now um we talked about gary indiana vasilev um we, you know, have been thinking about what we're going to do with John Nelson. Uh, I am in the the left back. I am in the United Kingdom, so maybe Admiral Nelson. You know, I I, I don't want to. It's it's hard to celebrate the British military history um, for me, but I think we're okay with the Napoleonic Wars, uh, Trafalgar. Maybe that's not a great one though. So I, it's also been suggested we're using some wrestling terminology. And if he's had a good performance, he's full, full Nelson, that is. So we just call him full. Uh, after that red card, he's definitely half. And I don't know how we're feeling about this last game. He was subbed on. Um, he wasn't close enough to Julian Gressel for the for the Vancouver goal. That was basically a cross on, from his side to Brian White, who, who beat Tim Parker, uh, to the ball, to the header. Uh, so maybe we're still at half. I'm not sure exactly. Um, uh, Eddie Lyons, uh, Ed, Edvard Leuven, obviously. But it, when I saw him, I kind of was reminded of this guy who played very briefly for Aston Villa in the Premier League named Antonio Luna. Uh, and the uh, Aston Villa fans called him Tony Moon. And I just kind of love that stuff. So we're, we're doing We're just going with that. Uh, we'll move on and say that... Remember to keep the moments in our hearts this week. I remember to think about Perez's grin uh, as you go about your daily life. Thank you for the thoughts, Drew. I really think he's in Madrid now. Well, you know, our man from Europe, 
Those are some great nicknames, by the way. Can we all agree that Drew is just like, he's a character. He's putting in the work, you know? Thank you, Drew. Have fun. Say hi to George and Chelsea and Martha. And maybe get them listening to the pod. We we consistently have one UK listener. Again, could be Drew. If you want to reach us, I have gotten no emails yet at stlewiscitypress at gmail.com. A uh, little bit of engagement on Twitter at STL City Press on Twitter. You know, find us, let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you want more Patrick, if you want me to project from a higher location into my microphone, you know, we're open for anything. Um, other news from last week. If you listen, I, I don't often plug other podcasts. If you're going to listen to one other St. Louis City based podcast, you should listen to Tom Timmermans. He has inside access. He does interviews with important people. He had an interview with Lutz where they went into great detail on the bird rescue. And also Lutz compared himself to Ace Ventura. So just, you know, make that your second St. Louis City podcast. All right. So I don't want to get like way off track here, but it is Pride Month. I have the Pride jersey that I will be wearing uh, to the game on Saturday, probably. Ace Ventura does not hold up in terms of modern sensibilities on LGBTQ issues. Can't recommend it. Do not watch. Okay, that's fair, but we can still appreciate Lutz comparing himself to Ace Ventura in the context of rescuing animals. Yes. But for our younger listeners who maybe have not seen it, I can't in good conscience recommend watching it. Perhaps we can recommend uh, a Steve Irwin comparison in the future as opposed to an Ace Ventura comparison. All right. Let's talk about soccer. Let's talk about the upcoming game against the Houston Dynamo. As we said, where are they sitting in the table? Ninth. Right on the bubble. Right on the bubble. Five wins, six losses, three draws, negative three goal differential. Are you guys aware that Cincinnati has only lost one game this season? They ha- they're they sitting on 36 points. I'm aware of the game they lost. I'm well aware because I was there. Based on what we have seen of them, the fact that they have won 11 games and drawn three is just incredible. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Houston? Nothing. We're just looking at the table. Let's talk about Houston. Okay, I have, I have a question. First off, Houston, not in Tornado Alley. In Texas. Texas is a big state. It's basically in the ocean. That's that's not a question. I find myself, so last night when I was like looking for the game and wasn't going to stay up that late, I was looking for another MLS game just to occupy myself. And I found myself that I really only care about the Western Conference. I only look at the Western Conference table and the only games I was interested in were Western Conference games because it just feels like the Eastern Conference doesn't matter. I don't like that because like the European soccer fan in me likes a single table league, but like, is anyone else finding that they're really only caring about the Western conference? Yes. Based on the fact that I did not know that about Cincinnati until pulling up this page, I could have told you the teams in the Western conference, but yeah, no Cincinnati, Nashville, just not on my, my radar as much. I've started looking at the combined standings, which I find a little, obviously, more of a 
traditional table when it comes to our experience with European leagues. And that'll help you know who to watch for in the East as well. I mean, it, it also drops us down a peg or two since we're not, uh, we're not quite as close to the top in that combined table. You know who's in the Eastern Conference is Montreal, who does have a soccer team. We've basically talked about every city except Houston <laughs> in this podcast. I did a fair amount of research. I do know some things about Houston. Me too. Like they have a Democratic mayor. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Houston Dynamo. Oh. Amin Bossy. Is he one of their danger men? He is. He's a, a forward of theirs. Six goals this season. A recent acquisition. Four of which have come from the penalty spot. Keep that in mind. So, okay. But loaned out from Barnsley. That's a connection for those following along. You mentioned it. I forgot to mention that Sheffield Wednesday beat um, Barnsley in the final. So, well, that'll feel good to beat beat that guy's teams back to back. See a striker, a uh, midfielder. A uh, midfielder. No, sorry. But they, I think they've been playing him as a forward. As we've seen, those positions can be kind of fluid. Hector Herrera is one of their DPs. He is a midfielder and plays as such. Yeah, and he uh, he compares very similarly to Leuven in a lot of uh, statistical categories and uh, in the performance across the season so far. I found that in my research. Should be an interesting duel between the two of them, and I think the game will hang in the balance. That's the duel to watch for me. I'm excited to see how Lewin, who has a an edge in, in sort of the defensive categories uh, handles Herrera's slightly more possessive, creative techniques. So I have a question for you, Chris, since you brought it up. Would you view Leuven as a number 10? Do we talk about numbers too much? I've heard him describe multiple times this week as a number 10. I told my dad he was a number eight. He wears the number 10 on his jersey. A deep lying 10? I don't know if people say deep lying 10, but he's like a deep lying 10. He's moved around through the season. I think it's fair to say they've stumbled onto the spine with Vasilev up front, though. He falls back. Who else do we expect to see? So Alm is practicing separately from the team because he has an eye infection per Tom Timmerman. Patrick, what can you tell us about that? Uh, nothing. That would be a violation of HIPAA. Got it. Um, I think unless you're actively treating him, that's not true. Fair enough. Still feels weird. <laughs> okay, but you can tell us like what an eye infection is, you know, contagious. That's really what we were looking for. Very contagious. How does one get an eye infection? Well, it's contagious from what I've heard. So you probably got it from somebody else. If we're talking about your traditional pink eye, colloquial referred to as epidemic keratoconjunctivitis. Is this like a fecal thing? No, no. That is a, that is a city rumor spread <laughs> by the film Knocked Up, I want to say. Oh, I always assumed it was a fecal thing. We've all seen Alm's kids on the field. Alm has small children. Small children just carry around disease vectors. That's true. Well, hopefully he'll be back out there because we're going to be down a stroud. Well, so they said they thought he would be ready by Saturday. 
your, your typical incubation period for a viral red eye, you're talking seven days, seven days. So it's like a it's like a two week contagious period. Ooh. Good luck to him. Maybe they sprayed a bunch of iodine in his eye. That's what I would have done. Maybe the other team should stay away from aerial headers. Aer- oh, aerial challenges. You know, could he wear like some sort of goggle setup? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's complicated. I just now have this image in my head of like 28 days later when in the scene when the thing drops from the lamppost, a little drop of fluid and lands in the guy's eye. And now just fluid spraying from eye to eye as people head the ball. Uh, New sponsor, Barf Bags. (laughs) Hopefully Tom Timmerman's tweet is accurate and I'm not just spreading lies. But Klaus is still out. Um, Maybe back. Stroud out on... Um, accumulation of yellow cards after his time-wasting yellow card last game, which pretty on brand. This Klaus thing is starting to become like a real problem. Well, it's becoming less of a real problem. The team's figured out how to work without him. Not completely convinced of that. We have played two tired teams. If anyone knows anything about football manager, that's a big advantage. I don't know if it's a real-life advantage, but definitely is a football manager advantage. I'm I'm just talking about like, we were told 10 to 14 days and it's now been like 40 days and nights. It's just worrying. Like, yeah, it's concerning to not have him back to not have any details on when to expect him back. Hopefully his recovery is going well. Sounds like it's very up and down. Another note of concern related to Klaus is that he still has 30% more touches in opposition penalty areas than anyone else on the team. And he's been out for 40 days. So we do need to find a way to get into that, into the danger areas more consistently. It looks like it's been improving these last two weeks, obviously, with the results, uh, but still a work in progress. Well, it seems like, you know, we play, Klaus is willing to be very direct, dribble the ball into their their box in a way that Nico does not in his style of play. But we'll see. Um, other than that, are we expecting a pretty similar lineup out of St. Louis? All in for Stroud, and you're basically done. Maybe you switch your defensive line back to normal. Now, can I make a slight diversion that will uh, end up in this exact same place and justify my answer to your question? Absolutely. Please. So Houston have one of the longest average possession sequence times. Hmm which basically means that they hold on to the ball and kick it around longer each time they have it than most of the other teams in the league. They also have one of the higher passes per sequence average, so they're, make, there's con- they're connecting a lot of passes. They like to pass the ball, but they are second lowest in the number of progressive passes that they make. So they are doing a lot of back passes and lateral passes. That's good for us. Yeah, it is, you know, and... And that's what's going to affect my my calls on the lineup. Their second lowest, and you know who's the first lowest? Still, it's us. But that's irrelevant. They also aren't really dribbling the ball forward very much, so I don't really know how they expect to not get the ball forward if they don't want to pass it and they don't want to dribble it, because we're certainly not the type of team that's going to do that for them. Uh, so it's just a weird, weird ball strategy. Just gonna be two teams standing back looking at each other. Kick long kicks from the goalies, just ping ponging it. And I got a little into the weeds 
uh, with here, the statistics here, and I apologize to listeners who that might offend. Uh, and I've definitely moved beyond my own ability to really interpret what I found. Uh, so also bear with me there. But I calculated the ratio of progressive distance passed to total combined distance of all passes. And they are the fourth lowest in the league. <laughs> so they they do not want to put pass the ball forward at all. Uh, and this uh, is probably purely correlative. And uh, it could also mean that they're going to make a lot of these back passes that we're going to pounce on. And it just really seems designed to invite our press. And I predict that at least one bad back pass or miscue will lead to an error that we pounce on and score from. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they try to adapt and and play a more defensive style against us. I just don't think they have the direct mindset or instincts to do that. That's not their game. They are sort of just slow and plodding. Can you explain the theory behind this statistic that you've made up? Um, like, what was the thought process behind dividing those things? Well, I guess that I had the stats available, and I just, it was, it's like, you know, you're trying to cook something up in the kitchen and make something new, never before created. Okay. And uh, that was most of it. It was just experimentation. I, as a very amateur, you know, statistician with no formal training or education whatsoever in the field of statistics or the statistical sciences, and the other fields related there too. I have no idea if this is a good step. Maybe you can tell me. It sounded good. But you are our stats guy, just to be clear. You are the, the pod stats guy. So Okay. Well, that's a terrible weight. Wait, did you figure out where we fall on that spectrum? Uh, we are actually very high on this metric. <laughs> hmm. We might be in the lead. Let me check. Yeah, we are number one in the league in this ratio. For our listeners, can we repeat what this ratio is? It's the ratio of progressive distance passed to total distance passed. Okay. Okay. So how it'll much, tell you how much of your passing on a distance basis is going forward. forward? Yeah. 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 That's, no, a, that's... that's a sensible ratio. I'm there. It kind of seems like something that already exists <laughs> and you have described it to me previously. Or maybe that's just me not understanding what you have talked about previously. I've talked about the number of progressive passes. Ah, and so now we're turning that number into distance. Yes. But the thing that really holds me up with thinking this is a valuable statistic is that I don't know if it's like, I don't know the trigonometry of the calculation. If it's a progressive pass that is, you know, it technically meets the category, uh, like falls into the category of progressive pass, which is 10 yards forward, but it's from the left side of the field, right, uh, you know, and it only moves 10 yards upfield, but it's also like a 60 yard pass. I don't know if that's 10 yards or 60 yards. You know what I mean? I think that's a 60 yard pass moves 10 yards forward. Okay. What about Berkey's, you know, Berkey passes it, past the, the halfway line? Does this count as a progressive pass? I think so. Okay. That's baked into all of the statistics. You know, everybody takes goal kicks. Some of them take them short. Maybe they're taking short goal kicks, and that's the big problem. Hmm. We'll have to watch for that. Phil, didn't you, like, minor in math? No. thought you did. Could have. Took took enough courses. So, so you should know. You should, like... No, it was, like, discrete math, more, like, logic. It's kind of unrelated. 
Well, speaking of statistics, did you know that in 2008, Houston issued 42,697 building permits? Uh, Houston is famously known for their relaxed zoning in among U.S. municipalities. And yet their stadium looks nothing special. Well, that's kind of what you get, you know, if you just let anyone build. You're not putting any rules on them. So I need I need about 20 more seconds to really get to my lineup decision here. Their control grid shows that they really like to go up the left flank, uh, which would be our right side. So that's something for Nerwinski to be aware of and also Carnell to be aware of when, you know, managing substitutions and plans on, on that side of the pitch. Uh, but they also noticeably do not seem to attack very much up their right side, which would be our left side. So that's where I get held up on whether we go back to Hebert as left mm. back. He's very defensive. He's very solid as a defensive left fullback. And he's really sort of started to dabble in that creative attacking play. But this might be a chance for, you know, you know, for us to create on that left wing. So maybe you see Nelson or maybe even a slightly pacier, trickier Pedro minutes coming in here. Or maybe, and this is a real outlier, maybe he drops the Jensen gambit, gambit on us and and goes full attacking on that left side. So, I think it's probably going to be pretty similar to what we saw, obviously without, without Stroud. Hopefully similar results. So you think Hebert? Hebert starts or Nelson, who's eligible again. Yeah, I think you see Nelson. Yeah. Nelson, Parker, Hebert, Nerwinski. Admiral, full. Might need a rear admiral this time because he's going to have to stay back in the rear. Hmm. I don't know the, I don't know the British military <laughs> hierarchy. So Hebert, Hebert back to center back is what you're saying? And yeah. Bartlett out and then Nelson at, at left back? I think so. Nelson, Hebert, Parker, Nerwinski across the back. Which is a shame because Bartlett's played so well. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. Bartlett really had a good game last game. So maybe yeah. Hebert sits? Maybe. Give him a rest? That seems wrong. We'll see. It's good to have some depth. That's a good problem to have. And what about the Stroud replacement? What do you guys got for the Stroud replacement? Well, it's got to be Alm, right? He's got the red eye. But Alm uh, probably not available the whole game. Maybe an Ostrock situation? Probably Ostrock start. Um, sub in, maybe. We'll see. Either of those sounds good. I like our odds against Houston. Should we get into predictions? Well, I want to comment on that. I did w- watch the highlights, or low lights, depending on how you want to look at it, of the Vancouver-Houston game. And it just, from the bits I was seeing, it, I do feel like we would match up well against Houston. And I know we promised we weren't going to talk about XG, but Houston actually, according to the MLS calculations, had a higher XG than Vancouver, 2.1 to 1.9 in the game they lost 6-2. The beautiful statistic. Yeah, let's move into predictions. All right. Uh, I don't think Drew sent us one, did he? I think we could all guess what Drew's is. I will lead us off. I'm going to say 4-1 St. Louis City. You did that on purpose. Patrick Stark. I'm gonna say I'm. This is I'm gonna say four. Oh, then I made you do it. You did, Nathan Halley. Okay, so I did some math beforehand, and this is not my prediction, but I think based on the transitive properties of scores, we should win nine to one. How do you feel about the fact that they beat Austin two one 
just before the this game against Vancouver. They beat Minnesota for nothing, I believe. Uh, that requires like 3D calculus. Uh, 3-1, St. Louis City. Okay, as the the reigning champion in the uh, score prediction category here, I go last, and all of the reasonable, likely guesses are taken. I'm going to say 3-0, 3-0, clean sheet. Berkey to step up late in the game. Uh, we're going to keep them locked down, and we're going to play our strongest possible squad, and we're not going to rotate because this is a winnable game against an in-conference opponent, and we don't want to see another Chicago. You hear me talking to talking to the coaching staff a little bit here. I hope we can we can stay the course. Houston will have to see Chicago on Tuesday. So if we had stayed in the Open Cup, we might have been facing a back-to-back Houston week. But I think this proves me right that we were it was fine to go out of the Open Cup, keep us healthy for the regular season. All right. Well, hopefully it's a high-scoring game like we predict for St. Louis City. Uh I'll be in attendance. As will I. I will not. I'll be watching, as always, from the sweltering depths of my recording studio here. Where are you going to be, Pat? I will be a few blocks away at the Fox Theater watching Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, looking forward to it. Nice. Do you think he still does the arrow through the head trick? I sure hope so, but probably not. I'll tell you on the midweek pod. The second pod in a row that we discuss, or maybe two out of three pods in a row that we've discussed Martin Short. Not a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) If we could get one sponsor, though, I mean. Let's get the PR department to reach out to Martin Short. Will do. Pat, take a card. Approach him after the show. I'll turn it into a paper airplane and throw it from super up high because that's where I'm going to be. We'll have a segment on the Fox Theater. It's too big. Unlike City Park, which is perfectly sized, Fox Theater is far too big. I agree with you. It's a hot take. All right. Let's go, City. Woo! We do have game on Saturday. And then we finish up the Dallas game. I guess we'll talk about that on the post pod. We've got half a game. Less than half a game. Half a game minus five minutes to play. And we'll have to go back and correct the statistics once we have the, the score results from that to match up against our predictions. Double check our score predictions, yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Later. Later, boys. Later.